Welcome to Signs from the Other Side with Fern Rone. I'm your host, Fern Rone, and this is the place to share stories of signs and messages received from the other side. Real quick before we get started, if you enjoy reading about signs and if you enjoy fiction like Bridget Jones and Sex in the City, you might enjoy my books, Better in the Morning and Better Believe It. And if you like this podcast, please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe in Apple Podcasts and tell a friend too. Thank you so much for listening and on to the show. Robbie Holes was fighting for her life after she contracted hepatitis C from a blood transfusion, and from the treatment for that, she developed fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue syndrome, and temporary brain damage. She was bedridden and fighting to survive and recover. She ultimately healed herself. She wrote the book, Aboriginal Secrets of Awakening, a journey of healing and spirituality with a remote Australian tribe. Along the way, she met and later married Dr. Gary Hulse, and together, at the request and permission of a remote tribe, they taught the Aboriginal healing system. Most recently, Robbie has written Vibrant Living, Braving the Pandemic with the Help from Your Guardian Angel. Hi, Robbie. Hi, Fern. How are you? Good. We connected through Christine Raymond, who's the host of the Wordplay podcast. I love her. And she was like, you have to talk to Robbie. And then I I learned about you. And I was like, this is no coincidence. We were definitely meant to connect. And I'm so happy that we did. And then the more and more I learned about you, I was like, oh, my God, where do we even begin? So I have organized (laughs) all of my questions into before healing, one subsection, healing, and then angels. So if we could start at the beginning, growing up. I know you have a sister who's who's open to these ideas, and but growing up, did you come from a family that they were open to the idea of alternative medicine, energy, angels? No, none of that, actually. I was raised a very – I had 12 years of parochial Catholic school, and oh, wow. uh, yeah, so that was pretty uh, conditioned living. And, and I was also raised in the Midwest, in Illinois, and it's the Bible Belt, and it's very conservative, uh, beautiful – uh, people back there. Um, I don't. I live on the on the west coast now, but um, yeah, very different than the way I was raised. So when you contracted hepatitis C, it was through a blood transfusion. It was after thirty six hours of labor. You were in a in a different. It sounds like you had a completely different life from 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 later on. Were you yeah. in a you were in a different marriage? You were raising children. Were you living in the Midwest at that time? No, I was actually in the Seattle area and. Okay. Um, you know, like most people, it takes something, you have to get really knocked on the head before you wake up and change your thinking and your and your way of living. But, you know, I was in the fast lane. It couldn't go fast enough and mm. had a career and had a child and we were raising and we were building this, this home and uh, just had so many irons in the fire. And so at it, 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 one point, my body just crashed. I didn't realize when I was given a a blood transfusion when I delivered my son that it, it was tainted with hepatitis C. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't even know about hepatitis C back then. So then it was the 1985, C, right? What's that? It was 1985. Yes. Yeah. And then the hepatitis C came out. It, it's it's a it's a silent killer. Well, it, it'll just hide in your body, especially in the liver. And mm-hmm. I didn't know I had it until extreme stress, sustained stress, which is typical for most people. That's what'll bring out whatever you've got lurking in the basement, mm-hmm. so to speak. And so that's when the hepatitis came out and the doctors didn't know what to do with it. They didn't even know, they didn't even have a name for it. So they certainly didn't have a cure. Mm. And I, I, I was in, I was bedridden for a long time. I can't even remember 
uh, at least six months just trying to survive because I knew my little boy was too young to remember me. And so I think mothers can relate and, and fathers, you want to survive just so your child at least remembers you. And mm. that's what oh. put me on that path. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's love. Yeah. Yeah. It's a high motivator, right? Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. <laughs> so it, it put me on this, That that's when Western medicine didn't have any more answers for me. I had exhausted their black bag and they just kind of you know, shuffled me out the back door and said, you know, we're sorry, mm-hmm. we don't have anything for you. They they gave me an experimental treatment um, that actually made things worse. It saved mm-hmm. me for a little bit longer, but it made things worse. Now my system has crashed twice. And now mm-hmm. I have fibromyalgia and now I have uh, brain damage and I, I chronic fatigue syndrome. So it just, and I still have the hepatitis C. Um, and, and so it was one of those where, okay, there's nothing left like my husband Gary, who went into the outback as an um, mm-hmm. quadriplegic, desperate to find answers to survive for the for the your kids, and that's so when went, I discovered his his story is incredible too. So he was he yeah. had MS for years, was a quadriplegic, went into the outback like basically in well not basically in a wheelchair, right, and then yeah. Yeah. left Australia walking to the plane clumsily. Yeah, he yeah. he had um had had I mean he was this you know, physicist. He was a a very interesting guy, an inventor, very much a scientist, right? And he had also exhausted what Western medicine had available for him with MS. And he had been a quadriplegic for seven years. And he heard that the aboriginals, uh, the remote ones in the outback, had amazing healing abilities. And so we describe it in the book, Secrets of Aboriginal Healing, how he was able to contact them and connect to them and I can't even imagine being in a wheelchair, just sitting in the back of the plane for, I don't know, 17 hours, 19 hours. Mm-hmm. And then he's unlifted, literally like with a forklift, goes into the outback and comes out 10 days later with feeling for the first time in his body in seven years and Incredible. able to clumsily walk. Um, but, but, the, but they also requested that he take their healing methods out into the world because they said that Western civilization, actually all civilization, doesn't really understand how healing really works. And so that's why they gave us these at least 60,000-year-old healing secrets. And that's what we did. At the time that he was going through that, were you going through, did you, was it simultaneous? Like when he was being healed in the outback, were you in in your experiencing like your bedridden moment? I, that's a good question. I didn't know him at the time. So, you know what, it might've been around the same time we were both kind of going through our, our own challenges, but we didn't know each other. Yeah. It's so interesting. Like all of these things, like we're all so connected, like all of these things happen and they lead to the next thing that happens for you to learn the next thing that you're supposed to learn. And it's like, you're sitting in the in, like it's in your bed at this horrible time in your life and you have no idea that something's happening in the outback right now that's going to save your life. <laughs> that right. if he hadn't gotten on a plane, if he hadn't struggled yes. to get to, to get there and learn these things, that things could be happening right now that are for our benefit. And we have no idea that every moment yeah. I'm like, sometimes I'm like, whatever's happening for my, for my benefit in the future, like, Thank you in advance. Yeah, and and synchronicities are are not a problem for the, the other side mm-hmm. of the veil. I mean, that's how they work, and it's it's really fun yeah. watching them do that. But it's mm-hmm. not a problem. So if you're supposed to meet together, if it's supposed to be destiny, it's going to happen one way or the other. Yes. It's going to happen. So when you got to this point where they could not help you anymore, 
you were married with a young child had you had a different job right and yeah um, yes I, oh, I hear this so often too that it was like it took something this bad to finally get me to live the life I was meant to live oh for and I had to almost die twice I'm you know <laughs> I was <God>. so stubborn <laughs> it took two times before I finally changed my ways I just got sucked yeah. back into life again uh, so I almost died um, once with the, the treatment, um, mm-hmm. and then I got sucked back in. Eventually, I started getting better and better, and I started doing too much again. I wasn't listening to my body. I wasn't taking mm-hmm. care of myself. Everybody else was on the list ahead of me. It's very common for working mothers. And mm-hmm. so my body crashed again. And the second time your body crashes and you almost die, it's a lot harder to come back. So this is when I was really desperate. And I started finding, um, well, I guess I can, I'd love to be able to talk about it on your program because they're, they're so open. Mm-hmm. A friend of mine um, who's very conservative said that she had heard, she was also dealing with fibromyalgia as I was at that time as well on my, on my long list of things. And she had found this woman who, she didn't tell me she was a psychic. She just said this woman who's able to help people, and she's really good. And she didn't tell me anything about, if I had known she was a psychic, I wouldn't have gone. So I went to this woman, and she knew things there's just no way, unless she was connecting to my grandfather who had passed. And Mm -hmm. she told me things that were just blowing my mind. And that's when I started opening up to this world. And she knew of a naturopathic doctor who used natural means, who she thought could help me. And it was this naturopathic doctor who really got me back on my feet again. And it's like, nobody else is able to help me, but I feel better using the natural herbs that she, you know, she mm-hmm. would go over to this case of bottles and she could just feel the energy off of them. I didn't know what she was doing, but she could just feel what my body needed. It took a long time, but eventually I came back and completely recovered and healed the hepatitis, which the doctor said was un- incurable at the time. So do you know what she gave? Like, have you been able to like figure out what it was that she was able to give you to help other? Yeah, it was a combination of things. So at this point, because of the hepatitis uh, C, it really damages your liver. So I was making Mm. my own uh, kombucha tea and drinking that on a regular Mm. basis. And uh, she was giving me milk thistle and a number of other things. But I know milk thistle is very good for the liver as well. So many good things yeah. about, yeah. Yeah. So she would and tune so, in. she just feel over my body and feel where there was, you know, what needed help. And she was also connecting to the other side. And I knew mm-hmm. none of this. And after I got, I, I completely recovered, I'm like, okay, what are you doing? <laughs> what do you know <laughs> yes. that I don't know? Because I want to yes. know what you're doing. And that's when I opened up into this world of there's so much help on the other side of the veil. And so what were the the next steps that you took? So sometimes I feel like these big things happen not once, but then they happen a second time and people get the message. But even when they happen once, I think fear holds people back. Like, I can't make that big change in my life. Like, it's too scary. I don't know what will happen next. I have security with with this marriage, with this job, with this friendship. And people are afraid to, to make those changes. How did you, what were the next steps you took? Well, you know, at this point, I had been with my high school sweetheart, my husband. We'd been together for like 30 years and oh, had, wow. a, had a son together. And I have to say, he did an amazing job of helping, of supporting me while I got back on my feet. 
And, mm. um, but there was just this calling to, to leave, to move out mm -hmm. on my own. And there wasn't anyone else involved. Mm -hmm. There was, it just said, I just got this sense that I needed to be out on my own and share custody of my, of our son. And mm -hmm. so that's when I went out on my own and lived a couple miles from him so that it was easy. For, and we, we remain friends to this day. And mm -hmm. then a year and a half later is when I met Gary Holtz, who's the, the, the one, the physicist who went out into the outback. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that's when I learned about the Aboriginal healing secrets and about the amazing Aboriginal remote people and how they're living in this fifth dimensional existence, uh, sheltered from, you know, people. So that, yeah, I, but I it, it had to go through that. It was difficult mm -hmm. to leave that marriage, that mm -hmm. relationship, but I just knew we were growing apart. And if I didn't mm -hmm. leave, things would not, they would deteriorate. So. Yes. And were you listening to the angels at that time or were you, um, no. that came later? That yeah, came that from came Gary. Later. Yeah. Because yeah. when he came, so when he went into the outback, as a scientist, right, everything is black and white. It doesn't exist if you can't prove it to me. He mm -hmm. came back out of that out, uh, outback uh, totally changed. He yeah. recognizes a lot of gray that you can't explain. He ended mm -hmm. up realizing he had healing abilities. He had the ability to be telepathic to people's thoughts. He could see and communicate to the other side of the veil. And so we describe all that in the uh, Secrets of Aboriginal Awakening, which mm -hmm. to me is really interesting when he comes back from the outback and realizes he has these healing abilities mm -hmm. and he can communicate to the other side. So he opened me up to the fact that he would tell me what's going on, who's guarding angels there, what they have to say. And I really didn't become aware that I was a medium until he died. Um, mm. he, he was originally given six months to live when he went into the outback and then he lived for another 12 or 14 years. And wow. when he passed, he started showing up every morning at eight o'clock. He was a very punctual man <laughs> who married a woman who was not right. And so he would show up at eight o'clock, not 801 and not 759. He'd show up at eight, except one spring when the time had changed and he was an hour off. But he started showing up every morning at eight o'clock. And that's mm -hmm. when I started realizing how to connect to the other side was through Gary. And when and you say show up, like he was, it was like his energy. You could feel it. You could communicate with him. He had this energy pattern of it's like an eyeball. You could see it um, mm -hmm. with your eyes closed. It's like mm -hmm. and my sister saw the same thing. And I didn't mm -hmm. know she was seeing the same thing. But it's this very distinctive pattern. Uh, it's like an eyeball and the whole That's eye. Funny. And so that would show up at eight o'clock. And that, and I had seen that before when he was working on me, when he was still here, when he was mm -hmm. still alive, I would, I'd be washing my hair in the shower and I'd have my eyes closed and I'd see that eyeball and I'd know, oh, he, Gary's working on me in the other room. Um, and so that's how I knew it was him. And then he yeah. kept showing up and he kept communicating uh, telepathically and, it just kept growing and growing and growing. And now yes. he's part of my healing team. Um, and he's really opened me up to uh, just gifts that I didn't know were there, abilities I didn't know were there. And we all have a healing team, right? Like yes. we all have. So if you could describe like what's the difference between a spirit guide and a guardian angel? A spirit guides are, they have incarnated. They have been human 
probably several times. And they mm-hmm. will come and go depending on what you're doing and if, who you need and when you need them. But angels have not incarnated. They can. They can break, mm-hmm. briefly take on a physical form if they need to. But they don't need to come to this earth school. Mm-hmm. But we have, uh, there's a distinction between guardian angels and regular angels or archangels and that Everybody, no matter what your belief system, has a, at least one guardian angel. Mm-hmm. And that guardian angel is by your side from your first breath to your last breath. Mm-hmm. And you get somebody different every time because you're, you're evolving, you're growing. Mm-hmm. But that guardian angel is there to make sure that you are not harmed or killed or injured that if it's not something that your soul intends for you to experience. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's called a guardian angel. And they're there to ensure that the soul's... Um, desires are carried out in that regard how comforting to to know that there's this being that's always looking out for you and sometimes you know people life can be hard and it's school (laughs) we're learning and uh but I do feel like so many times in my life I'll look back and I'll be like I was definitely saved in that moment there I I have no doubt that certain things happened so I I was protected And I, and I know a lot of, you know, everybody can point to something where they were like, how did I, how did that miss me? Like, how lucky am I? Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Everybody has a story. Yeah. Yes. And, and the beautiful part about that is that they love us more than we can possibly comprehend. As humans, we can't even imagine the extent of their love for us. So yes. it's tremendous love. And, and yes, I've had a number of incidents where I was pulled back from traffic, mm-hmm. I almost fell down the, you know, a, a, the flight of stairs, something pulled me back. I didn't know what it was back then. Only yeah. later did I find out it was, you know, my guardian angel. So, so guardian angel is not someone who's passed before, but I, in addition to the guardian angel, my grandfather died nine months before I was born. And I used to always say like, I never knew him. He died before I was born. But then I realized like, I think I know him and he knows me better than anyone. I think he's been with me my whole life. I yeah. think I and so that's not a guardian angel. So I think of him as just he's my grandfather. And I think I also yeah. have this belief that, you know, um when we go to sleep at night, we're kind of like on a different plane and we can communicate with those who passed before us or with our spirit guides. And I think he and I've been <laughs> been meeting every night for you know my whole life. He knows everything. I I feel close to him even though I've never met him on the earth in the in my earthly plane. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I say How there's a reason. Is that? Yeah, isn't it? And I always say there's a reason things seem better in the morning because we don't remember, I don't ever remember having like a dream quote, dream um, of being with him. I just know that we work through things together. And I just know uh-huh. that that things are better in the morning because I'm, I must have talked to him or my other grandparents who've passed since then. I also think, and, and my cousin too. So sometimes when I'm trying to work something out, I'll say to my husband, like, I got to talk about it with my grandparents. <laughs> <We're all dead laughs> I'll now. get back with you on that. Yeah, yeah. I'm like in the morning, like on the, or sometime tomorrow, it'll come to me. Like we, we have to, I'm sure we'll discuss it tonight <laughs> when it goes yeah. to Well, so, you bring up a good point, And that is people who have passed over, who loved ones and even yeah. ancestors, they will come in and they're not necessarily spirit guides. Spirit mm-hmm. guides are a little, are way more evolved, mm-hmm. but, um, and they're not angels, but they are loved ones who come in and check on you now and then and take care of you and guide you and protect you. 
uh, and you're not bothering them by talking to them. Or you're not holding them back from anything. They can be in many locations at the same time. Yes. But the guardian angels are designed to be the easiest to communicate to. Mm-hmm. They're the, that's deliberate. And, and then there are others that are everybody's available to us. Mm-hmm. But how awesome that you have this connection and that you're aware of it because a lot of people aren't even aware of it. Yeah. And I feel like it's made some hard things easier. You know, like if I'm worried about something um, and I find a penny, like that's from my one grandfather. And yesterday my mom had like this, she went in for this heart thing, which is kind of routine, but we hadn't gotten a phone call and I was getting so nervous. And I looked up and I saw someone's name. It was um, Adrian Penny. (laughs) I was like, thanks, grandpa. Like He's always sending me signs like, I got you. She's fine. So I, you know, I, I suffer with not suffer, but I have anxiety in it and I have to quiet my mind. So it's interesting when, I, you know, I've been, my husband will do the mala. I've been doing the rosary, not because I'm super religious at all, but it's a form of meditation. And so when I'm mm-hmm. in the rosary, I'll find my thoughts wandering and then I'll, I'll get back to it. I have a fan yeah. in my room. I'm like, I have to listen to the fan. That's how I quiet my mind, get away from my yeah. thoughts. And I try to feel the love that you describe of the guardian angel, the just total acceptance, total love. I always say like people look at whatever you want to call it, God, is, let's say God, people imagine him as this kind of like scary figure who disapproves of your actions or who's like, you know, sending you like the, the sting of disapproval. And I'm like, no, God is, picture God however you want to picture him that makes you feel loved. Like if he's like a silly person in a like velour tracksuit dancing around and like just <laughs> hugging you and being like yes. nothing you do can make me not love you that, yes. that's what you should feel that's god's yes. love i, I want to so to get away from this this feeling of shame that that people think god is is giving to you and so i love the description of the guardian angel's love like i feel like people should meditate get quiet and feel that love and they'll be just happier <laughs> Yeah, sometimes you can feel it, um, you know, some, but it's that you've really got to get good at quieting that mind. And, yeah. and people have asked me, well, do they get impatient with me or frustrated? They <laughs> don't have those kinds of emotions. <laughs> yeah. Well, because we, when we come here to this learning lab on this free will planet here, we're given a physical body, which is pretty amazing. And we're also given a wider range of emotions. And that's why we're able to learn so much faster here is because we have this wide range of emotions, the shadow and the light and a physical body, and they work together. But the angels don't have impatience. They don't have frustration. They don't have anger. They don't have that. That's not part of their makeup because they're in these higher frequencies, higher vibrations of love. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there, it's, trem- it's, it's tremendous love. It's, it's, uh, and it's, you're never alone. And you're always tremendously loved. And I think if everybody knew that and felt that, it would be a very different life. Is there a lot of inner, I guess, inner child work or just inner healing maybe from past lifetimes that you work through? Well, I think it's helpful to remember that we are souls, etheric beings, Mm -hmm. who have chosen to incarnate on this really tough primitive planet. Mm -hmm. And we've done that because it's an amazing place for soul growth. The other side of the veil, it's imperfection, and it's, it's, a, it's a stagnant environment for growth opportunities because it's hard when everything is in perfection to grow, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But here, we have such extreme dark and light. 
we have young souls who tend to be materialistic, vain, greedy, self-serving, and then older souls, more evolved souls, not better, souls are all equal, but they're all at different mm -hmm. stages of evolution. And the older souls tend to be, you know, compassionate, want to be of service to others, more loving, forgiving, that sort of thing, and everything in between. And mm -hmm. it's that tremendous contrast, this tremendous diversity that provides endless opportunities for growth. All you have to do is go out there and get on the highway for five minutes and you've had opportunities, <laughs> right? <laughs> Either come from your heart or come from your mind. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. So everybody comes here to learn something different. And they, because it's a free will planet, they're learning what they want to learn in the way they want to learn it. And so mm -hmm. it's like a school. Some people are mm -hmm. what you would call in first grade level, the mm -hmm. younger souls and others, the older souls, and a lot of the listeners, our listeners today are older souls. Mm -hmm. They're more advanced, more evolved, taking on more of like college graduate classes mm -hmm. and everything yeah. in between. And yeah. so you might, you might choose, and the older souls are going to get more challenging things because it's like, why would you give them easy stuff? They've already done that. They've already mastered mm -hmm. that. So you may come in the incarnate very deliberately into your family, very deliberately into your body, very deliberately into your DNA and personality, bringing knowledge that you've had from past lifetimes with you. And you may choose, for instance, to learn about, you might be getting your PhD in forgiveness. Mm. So you might be born into a family, and family's hard to escape, right? So you might be born into a family where they're giving you a lot of opportunities to forgive them. <laughs> and if you're an older soul, you're going to get some big stuff to forgive. Mm. And so that's that's the, what we're here to master moving from the mind and more into love-based, heart-open responses. Yes. So, that's, so you have these soul contracts with people to help you. And you may have, it's not uncommon to have an old soul born into a family of younger souls. Mm. Um, and also we might have karma, you know, where you have mm -hmm. to clear something that you've done in the past, but it, it's mainly, I, I don't see karma as much as I, as often as I see it just that a soul is choosing to learn stuff. Mm -hmm. And, and so souls will take on, uh, you know, extreme challenges because it helps them grow faster. And this is the place that we grow. And how do we know when, so as we're learning these lessons and we're growing, and we're being directed one path or another, how do we know if it's the angels telling us this is the path where you'll learn the most, or this is the path for your soul's growth versus our mind saying, yeah, that's a great question. I love that question, Fern. You can tell your angels are here to help you. And we can get into that in a little mm -hmm. bit, because that's a big game changer. But how you can tell what your lessons are, you get these pop quizzes, so to speak, and it's like, what triggers your mind? What triggers you? Mm -hmm. Where are you getting stuck? That's how you know what you're here to master. Because whatever you're still needing to master will keep coming to you. It's that whatever you resist persists. Yes. And so our mind doesn't like these things. And maybe you're here to learn acceptance. And maybe you've got some real challenging people uh, in your life that make some really unhealthy choices. But they're here to help you master acceptance, recognizing mm -hmm. that's their journey. It's mm -hmm. not what they're doing. It's what am I doing? Am I judging yeah. them? And so it's about recognizing whatever I'm resisting, whatever I get triggered by or have a hard time by, that's on my path for a reason. So that's the question you want to ask is, why is this here and how is it here to help me grow? 
And, yeah. the, and we can talk about how the angels and especially your guardian angels can help you with that. We weren't supposed to be doing this alone. So how, how do you ask them for help? So like for, if I have an example, like um, I always use the example of my first grade teacher who I was terrified of and she would like scream and yell and I was nervous. I didn't want to go to school. Oh. And I always say, oh, she was horrible. And I always say <laughs> she's the source of all of my anxiety. But so I've been my whole life, I guess I've been like, you know, working on things like wanting to feel safe because she made me so afraid, wanting to, um, you know, like, so forgive, you know, I have to forgive her. So those, so those two things, let's say like feeling safe, overcoming fear and forgiveness. Mm -hmm. So when I picture her, I try to like, not say the things I really want to say to her face. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh, I, I I, I don't blame you, but but you recognize (laughs) that she is at a different level of soul Uh growth. Again, we're all equal as souls, Mm -hmm, but we're at different stages. Mm -hmm. She might be at an earlier stage, and she's been placed in your life maybe to help you learn deeper levels of forgiveness, maybe Mm -hmm. to help you learn acceptance, Mm -hmm. and maybe to help you overcome, and I don't know this is true, I haven't talked to my team about it, my spirit team about it, but it's possible people are deliberately born into families that have conditioning and DNA that makes them fearful or makes mm-hmm. them anxious. Mm-hmm. And so it's about, these are things that your soul wants you to experience and then it wants you to heal it. Yes. And so to, and to come through and realize it's just the mind controlling you, mm-hmm. you know, you'll get really highly evolved souls who might choose to experience drug addiction mm. because they want to experience powerlessness. And so wow. this is about growing it, Yeah. You can't judge anybody's journey because you mm-hmm. don't know what's really going on. So it's, but it's about recognizing that if you have signed up for these things, if this is what your soul wants you to learn in this particular lifetime, Mm -hmm. and you're going to take it with you, that knowledge, you'll get it eventually, right? Right. And whether you get it in this lifetime or not, that's fine. That's okay. You can keep coming back and learning it, but it gets harder until you finally get it, right? (laughs) Just like I I had had to almost die twice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But here's the thing, Fern, this is where... You start using help from the other side of the veil mm-hmm. because your soul signed you up for what it knew you could handle, what it knew you could overcome. You're capable of it. And I'm just talking in general. I'm not pointing, I'm not talking about just you specifically, but in mm-hmm. general. Yeah, yeah. And also, you have all the help available to you on the other side of the veil. Mm-hmm. Everybody's available to you. But because it's a free will planet, they won't just step in. Because mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with struggle. There's nothing wrong with pain. Those are some of our best teachers. It's mm-hmm. like a, a young child wanting to learn how to tie their shoes. And they may make a real knotted mess. And the parent knows, unless that child asks, it's best for me to just step back and wait until they ask for my help. And mm-hmm. then you help in the way that's appropriate. Right. Because making knotted laces is part of the learning process. But When you ask your guides or your angels, and I would specifically say ask your guardian angel or Mm -hmm. angels, they're, again, they're the first responders, so to speak, and things filter through them. You ask in your mind telepathically. They're telepathic to your thoughts. You just have to ask once. You tell them what you want. Thank you for helping me overcome. um, You don't want to put attention on anxiety. So you want to say thank you for helping me become at peace and calm Mm -hmm. and confident. And then that allows them permission to step in beyond their guardianship role and help you with that. Then they can step in. And, and here's, here's what's important. They will respond every single time you ask for help. 
but they're going to do it in their own timing and in their own way. So you got to let go of how and when. That, mm-hmm. Those are questions the mind's going to want to know. Mm-hmm. How and when is this going to happen? They will respond every time, but they're going to respond according to the highest good of all and your soul's intentions. But it's likely that it's your soul's intentions to overcome anxiety and to be at peace and happy and healthy. So when you ask them, then they have permission to step in and assist. Then they can start doing all kinds of things. Like we talked about earlier, synchronicities, child mm. play for them. So mm. easy. <laughs> Download energy into you, give you clarity, give mm. you ahas. They may give you that. You may want the corner piece to the puzzle, but they may give you a couple other pieces first, mm. right? I call it upgrade your software where they change you so that you're not triggered. So that you don't get into that habit and let the mind take you down the same dark alleys all the time. They can shift you and change you. You know how you said after working with your grandfather during the night, you wake up and you feel better? Yes. Same thing here. Yeah. They work on you at night. You're going to wake up and you start changing. Yeah. And you start shifting and they're helping you. And here's the cool part. It's like shifting from, this is what they've told me. It's like shifting from 5 amps of power on your own to 5,000 amps of power with their help. Huge difference. It's available to everybody, but you have to ask for it. I'll be asking. (laughs) (laughs) I'll still, you know, I'll still think of her. She'll pop into my mind and and I get so angry and I'm like, God, I'm I'm working on it. Like, you know, I try to think like what happened to her in her life, where she in her Mm -hmm. journey or, or who were we in past lives? Maybe I... I was the abuser in a past life and now she's, she abused me. Who knows? Like I try to like get, like think about it, but I really have to, yes, I'm going to get quiet and ask and and work on it. See, and that's the thing for, they'll help you recognize why she was in your life because it was very deliberate. Mm -hmm. What was she here to teach you? Sometimes you have to go through these things and be conditioned or have these experiences and then come out the other side. Mm-hmm. So she was there for a reason. And everybody has agreed to play the different roles, including the victims, mm-hmm. including mm-hmm. wildlife, you know, who are killed in oil spills or forest fires. We've all agreed to these different roles because this is a learning lab. And there's a quote that I love. It's in my the latest book, The Vibrant Living Book. Mm-hmm. We're not here to, to save Mother Earth. Mother Earth is here to save us. Mm-hmm. She has volunteered to be a learning lab to raise consciousness individually and collectively. That's a I huge love it. service. Yeah. I love it. And I'm so excited about vibrant living. So the, the beginning, you say the coronavirus pandemic is not a cosmic punishment, and it's also not a random, inexplicable accident. And you say, for me, we are in the beginning stages of the biggest collective awakening ever seen in the history of mankind. It gives me chills. I feel it. Yeah. in the, I feel, I mean... I think everybody does kind of feel yeah. change happening and it's going to be hard, but it's going to be a beautiful thing. And I love it. And I, I just love that this is a workbook too, explaining in plain English how it works and how we can help ourselves. It's such a beautiful book and I'm, and I'm congratulating you. Yeah. So we, I just got Vibrant Living out. It's it, Vibrant Living, Braving the Pandemic with help from your guardian angel. And it's not just about the pandemic. It's about anything and everything. Mm-hmm. And, and I put it into this really easy, like condensed version of 60 days. Yes. And it gives you all this information and helps you understand what you're here 
or what your soul purpose is, the soul contracts, what they all mean, how to communicate with your team, how they communicate with you, the signs that they usually send us. Don't worry if you miss it, they'll bring it again. All that is mm -hmm. in there. And because I think people are ready for it and because it's time, there's so much help on the other side. That's, here's something that'll make people ask for help more often. Ask away. Big, small, vague, specific, as often as you want. It doesn't matter, but ask. They want you to ask for help. They cannot step in beyond the regular guardianship roles unless you do. And it's about asking for yourself, not for other people, because that's their own journey. Right. But when you ask, because they're serving you out of tremendous love, it allows them to grow because they're serving out of tremendous love. So they're being able to grow by you enabling them to help you. So it's a win-win. Yeah. It's a symbiotic relationship. Yeah. I love the, all the themes of respect. Like I love how you're very clear about the uh, the tribe had your permission. Like they wanted you to, to share this. Yeah. It wasn't like you were like, going in and like stealing their secrets. They wanted right. you to have this and they, and they had your, ex, you had explicit permission to share the healing secrets um, that had been passed on, that had been passed on by word of mouth and on rock art, which I find that that's am so amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So amazing. And then I well, love that the respect, oh, so just really quickly, the respect of like our guardian, don't worry that your guardian angel is going to like swoop in and take over your body. <laughs> like you have, it's all about, you know, there's this respect that like you have to ask and they'll answer. Like this is, this is a respectful relationship. I love that. Right. They guide with love. Yeah. They guide with love. I mean, we only work with benevolent beings, only yeah. with loving beings. So they're going to, they're going to guide you with love. It's up to you whether you choose to do it or not. Guiding you and helping you is not a problem for them. The challenge for them is getting you to go where your mind doesn't want to go because mm -hmm. they won't force you. Right. <laughs> how, do you, how do you do that? How do you, uh, <laughs> oh, isn't that the question? <laughs> well, that's where, that's where you can ask them to help you with that, right? Yeah. So you yeah. ask them to yeah. help you every, every step of the way. Yes. Thank you for helping me keep my mind out of the way. Thank yeah. you for helping me open to what's in my best interest to open. Thank you for helping me uh, release what's in my best interest to release. Here's okay. Here's firm. This is where we get into trouble. Yeah. Mm. The the world is showing us what happens when the minds are in charge. Our minds were not designed to be in charge. Our minds are designed to follow the guidance from a higher consciousness. That higher consciousness can be what you described earlier as your uh, God. Mm -hmm. uh, it can be mm -hmm. uh, uh, your higher self, your soul, your guardian angels, your benevolent spirit guides, mm -hmm. a higher consciousness. But the mind is not a higher consciousness. It should never have been behind the wheel mm -hmm. because the mind is here as a powerful tool assisting the soul. That's the difference. Yeah. The mind doesn't know how to figure out what's the best career or how to get rid of this anxiety or how to find the best romantic partner. But this higher consciousness does, and so it's supposed to direct the mind with its intuition, that sixth sense, that instinct. Mm -hmm. The mind is supposed to be intuitively guided on how to do these things. And when you go where your soul wants you to go, you're going to love where it takes you. Yeah. But a lot of people are resisting what the mind is bringing them, or they are hanging out in anxiety, fear, whatever, for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's about let the guides and angels help you overcome that. Again, five mm -hmm. amps of power versus 5,000. 
hand it over to them. Thank you for helping me find peace, clarity, joy, whatever. And now, they're, again, they'll respond according to your soul's intentions and according to the highest good of all. But typically, the soul wants you to be happy and healthy. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so it will. they will start shifting you and changing you and downloading energies into you and releasing things that are on a cellular memory. That's a big game changer. That's when things start to happen. When I asked my guides, what's the highest vision of my soul? And they said for you to write a, a number of books. And I just about, honestly, I almost <laughs> fell off the chair because I hate to write. I do not <laughs> like writing. <laughs> and I've never had a single class on it. I'm not trained. But with their help, with their guidance, I just finished my fourth book. And the first two are in 43 countries and have won awards. Now, that's not anything that I could have ever done on my own. But with Mm -hmm. their help, and if it's your soul's intention, then they're going to really help you make that happen. However many years ago, if someone told you, you would have three books out, you're working on your fourth. (laughs) (laughs) One would have been enough to floor me. (laughs) But it sounds like it makes you happy. Like, I feel like there's joy in your in you being able to teach this. Oh, thank you, Fern. Well, there, you know what? I, I have this passion about helping people because I've been there. I've been yeah. so sick. I've been so stressed out. I've, you know, I've been there and I've come out the other side and I found it. And that's why I, Gary and I have this passion about teaching about the healing aspect. We yeah. have this passion about now, oh my gosh, there's so much help available to you. It's a, it's transformational when you start using the other side. So let me just say this about healing, if I might. Yeah. What we discovered, and this is what's different than what Western medicine typically does, is it takes, and this comes from the Aboriginal, beautiful tribes people, it takes three things to heal something physically. Your Mm -hmm. body has to be on board with healing, the emotions have to be on board, and the soul has to be on board. And Mm -hmm. if the body, the emotions, and the soul are all aligned with healing something, Anything can be healed. It doesn't matter what it is. The Aboriginal people have taught us that most people start with an emotional core. It's like if you have a lot of fear and you have it for a long time and it's system-wide, you're blocking energy, you're creating different cells, you have a different chemical response throughout your body. And that can, depending on the person and your your makeup, it can lead to fibromyalgia, as an example, Mm -hmm. system-wide fear over overstressing the system and i'm seeing more and more people it used to just be women now it's men now it's teenagers coming down with fibromyalgia so you wow. have to realize it's not like medication that's going to call you have to get to the emotional core the emotional right. root what's what's forcing you to work yourself so hard and not pay attention to your body and i'll raise my hand to that one because <laughs> um, that that's that was a lesson i had to learn Mm-hmm. Because the Aboriginal people will tell you, if it's it's like picking the top of a dandelion, it'll come right back again. That mm-hmm. tumor will grow right back. Right. And so you want to get to the emotional core. This is where the teams on the other side can help you. If you need to be healed physically, then you get Archangel Raphael who will step forward and help. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe, maybe that illness, that disease is here to teach you something. And it's not uncommon to see older souls that have something that they cannot heal or somebody will, for instance, come in blind because it's a very different journey according to what their soul wants them to experience and learn. 
So the guides, the angels, cannot heal that if it's not the soul's intention. But a lot of times they can make it better. They can give you an awareness of why it's here. But usually we're creating a lot more pain and struggle and disease than our soul's intended. It's about asking for help. They will give you those insights, why this is here, and help you not need it anymore. If you need that because maybe you uh, are impatient with people who have disabilities, you may end up with a broken leg and crutches and fumbling around until you develop that compassion mm-hmm. for other people who don't have your abilities. And then you don't need that anymore. Right. So then they're right. able to heal that, but they can give you the insights and then they can also give you the healing. And then for the, what, the, for the things that we bring upon ourselves that we, that are not part of our soul's intention, it's so interesting that, you know, like we're literally making ourselves sick, but we have to align those three things. Right. Right. And so that's where you can ask the team, if I'm, if I need to let go of something, thank you for helping me let go of it. Because a lot of people take on other people's agendas. It's like, I swear you signed up for plenty of your own stuff, right? (laughs) You've got your own class agenda. You don't need to take on somebody else's. That's their stuff. So what's happening worldwide is to shake us up, to wake Mm -hmm. us up, to see things more clearly. And some people have to play the bad guys. Mm. And it makes it more obvious what's going Mm -hmm. on. It's interesting times, but it's going to be good. And your book came at the right time. No coincidences. We have we have all the time in the world right now. Everybody seems to be working from home and we're not going out. It's perfect time to read it and work through each day and and be better for it. Yeah. It doesn't need Thank to be you. so hard. Yeah. yeah. We can Yeah, that's the I other think what thing. happens for is you start getting help and then you start putting that mind back into its assigned designated role of following guidance with your intuition. And then you can start calm, calming down because you realize the mind doesn't have to figure stuff out. It can just follow the guidance. And if you miss it, they'll bring it around again. Yes. And let me just say for the listeners, every, every person is clairsentient where you feel the guidance with your body. You know, you get those goosebumps or you can mm-hmm. feel it in your stomach or your gut. Most people cannot hear them or see them, so don't expect that to happen. But Mm -hmm. everybody's clairsentient where you can feel. And we were designed to feel this guidance. If we missed it, they'll keep bringing it around again Mm -hmm. in different ways until we get it. So that is not a problem for them. The challenge is getting you to go where your mind doesn't want you to go. Well, then ask them to help you let go of that. Thank you for helping me get good at that. Thank you so much. You're wonderful. And I hope to meet you in person someday if you're ever in LA. Thank you. Thank you, Fern. It would be a delight to meet you as well. I appreciate what you're doing. Thank you. And I appreciate what you're doing. Where can everyone find you? They can find me on my website, holeswellness.com. That's H-O-L-Z-W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S.com. So it's holeswellness.com. Um, I'm also up on Amazon. I like to support the mom and pop bookstores first, but Mm -hmm. all that. And there's a lot of information up there. There's a lot of blogs with a lot of information up there as well. Okay. I tried to put a lot of of that up there to help as much as I could. Thank you again so much. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you. You too. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to Signs from the Other Side. You can find me, Fern Rone, on all social media at Fern Rone, R-O-N-A-Y. I love hearing from you and I love hearing your stories of signs. And if you would like to hear more episodes of this show, please be sure to subscribe in Apple Podcasts. 
Thank you again and sweet dreams.